I'm sorry I'll read that again. And if you're feeling down in the mouth, below par, depressed, miserable, lackadaisical or listless, just sit back and listen to the voices of Tim Brooke Taylor, John Cleese, Graham Garden, David Hatch, Joe Kendall and Bilotti. And remember, there are people worse off than you. <laughs> Tim Brooke Taylor, John Cleese, Graham Garden. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'll read that again. Presents another hard-hitting, no-punches-pulled, fact-finding, frank, ruthless, cheese-and-onion flavoured investigation. The I'm Sorry Report on Schools. What does our school report got to say? Four out of ten for effort can do better than this. And now, what does our report on schools got to say? Statistics show that an alarming number of children leave school each year unable to read and unable to do... <laughs> what, what's this big word? What's this big word? This big one, the long one here, what, what is it? Arithmetic. 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 Oh, some. Clever enough. <laughs> Every year, the government spends millions of pounds on education. And I still don't seem to learn anything. <laughs> but the question of the moment is, which is best, state school or public school? Yes. Well, of course, the answer's pretty obvious to us <laughs> chaps. Uh, but just for the sake of you lot, we have been investigating. We asked the question, would you send your child to a state school or a public school? <laughs> 95% replied state school, and 5% replied public school. The top 5%, that is. <laughs> we interviewed some parents in more detail. Mrs. Hermione Fortescue Fitchfielding. State school? Oh, good heavens, no. What an idea. You wouldn't like to go to a state school, would you, Roger, darling? No, Mummy. I mean, you wouldn't... You, you wouldn't like to mix with that type of person, would you, Roger, darling? No, Mummy. You'd much, much rather go to Daddy's old school and grow up a stockbroker, wouldn't you, Roger, darling? Yes, Mummy. <laughs> state school? <laughs> the very idea. <laughs> Silly old bag. Arthur Prunt, would you send your son to a public school? Oh, no, I'd rather see him in a secondary modern, you know, like where he could learn a good trade, sort of, you know, like a fitter or a welder or something. I, I certainly wouldn't send him to Eton. I mean, he wouldn't enjoy it there. I know I didn't. <laughs> what, are the, what are the advantages of a public school education? We spoke to Barnaby Bullstrangler, headmaster of Workhouse Manor one of England's oldest public schools. We asked him what he thought his school had to offer. Uh, who are you? What are you doing in my study? Go down your knees, sir. Go away, sir. Be guard this instrument before I bonk you on your beasy boko and yarboo sacks to you. We turn out good, honest, down-to-earth chaps. Good offers of material. We got three brigadiers and the sixth fall. Strong characters. Yes, fine chaps. Hmm, want a game of conkers? Yes, we turn, we turn out leaders. We don't want them here, so we turn them out. Officers, that's what the country needs, not leaders. After all, damn it, there's a war on. Uh, no, there isn't, actually. Well, everybody will ought to be. And it's uh, very much the same for the girls. Here's Dame Fred Oyster Prejudice of Brimdyke Keep Girls School for the daughters of the gentry, nobility, and those in peril on the sea. 
Each and every morning, our girls rise at the crack of dawn and have an icy cold bath in the moat. Then off they go on an early morning run round the grounds, wearing only their liberty bodices. Winter or summer, rain or shine. Then there's breakfast, for those that come back. <laughs> After breakfast, there's chapel for three hours, followed by rugger practice for all the girls, except those in the school boxing team. Our aim is to turn these girls into proper young ladies. But should these uh, schools go co-educational? Here are the opinions from some of the schools. First, the Creep Waterfoot College for Boys. Girls at our school, over, over my dead body. Oh, oh. <laughs> A lady Sabrina's Hall for young gentlewomen. Well, I'm all having boys at this school for one very good reason. <laughs> oh, what's that? Come on. Uh, the Relief of Math King Memorial College. Oh, co-educationational. Ah, yes. Co-educationation. Well, I would almost certainly, I would certainly say, I would almost good evening. I would say... <laughs> Almost certainly, I would almost say I, 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 I am not boring you, am I? A Jim Foster School for Lads. Co-ed for. <laughs> and finally, finally, the Prancing College for Young Gentlemen. Care education, we just don't know the meaning of the word, ducky. <laughs> Well, there, there it is. Uh, education is still the same teeming hotchpotch of half-formed conjecture, the same turmoil of conflicting opinion in the seething melting pot of emotion that it was last week. Tomorrow, who knows? Today, who cares? Yesterday, I went to the dentist. Has this country got the education it deserves or not? Perhaps yes, perhaps no, perhaps, perhaps. There are still plenty of ifs. If we go on the way we are, the system may collapse. If we change, we may not change wisely. If I ruled the world, every day would be the first day of spring. Well, who can sort out the sorry mess? Who can say? I can say, and here are some of the things I can say. Wallaby, rumpus, bee straddle, uh, cornucopia, beetroot. Oh dear, I think I've gone again. Fish, corn plaster. He's gone, he's gone, he's gone. Now here is a police message. Would Mrs. Evelyn Hardy of 17 Acacia Gardens, Clerkenwell, NW3... Last seen in the region of Acton Town, accompanied by a tall gentleman wearing a bowler hat, pinstripe suit and carrying an umbrella. Please call at Hounslow Police Station immediately, where her husband, PC 240, will smash her face in. Good heavens! God gracious! Hello! Hello! Well, if it isn't Porky Bladdertrap! No, it isn't. Oh, well, if it isn't Porky Bladdertrap, it must be Pongo Panjol. No, it's not. Still wonderful to see you. You too, Jampot. I'm not Jampot. Never mind. Haven't seen you since... Neither Sun have I. Then was it? No idea. Good gracious. Times we had together, never forget them, whenever it was. Neither will I. Puna, Buffs, Dunkirk. Katmandu, Kyber Pass, Dorking. Ah, yeah. ah, great heavens, great heavens. You remember when old snouty Poopard stole the Sultan's pet goat, yeah. hid it in the bagpipes and put it under the coals camp bed? Do you remember yeah. that? Oh, no. Neither do I, really. <laughs> 
wonderful war I had. So did I enjoyed them both. Always say, started the first war, unmarried, finished it. Married, started the second war. Married, finished it, divorced. Always say that. Don't know why, it's not true. By the way, have you met my wife, Elspeth? Angelica. Angelica. Well, we must dash. Me too. Got to be at the club meeting Froggy, Jingo, Biggie, Fats, Beery and Beatty. Fats? Not Fats Singleton? No. Ah, I thought not. He's dead. Well, great to see you. Great to see you, Toffee Nose. I'm not Toffee Nose, but lovely to see you, Bomber. I'm not Bomber. Still, cheerio. Cheerio. Keep in touch. Cheerio, Snotty. Who was that, darling? No idea, but I got his wallet. Ladies and gentlemen, International Floor Show presents those three mustachioed maestros of Latin America melody. I give you Trio Los Banditos. Thank you very much. Good evening, everyone. First of all, let me introduce the group. Jose Fernandez on the bongo drums. Gonzalez, Santa Maria, Victorio, Gonzalez, Gonzalez, Pablo Zapata, Pedro de Los Angeles, Enrico, Concepcion, Paella, Fernandez, Santa de Marco, Wilkinson. That's me. And on the Maracas, Manuel. And on the Maracas, Manuel. Emmanuel de Maracas. Okay. One, two, three. Ole. Some more tequila. More tequila? With you always, it is the same. Now behave yourself. All right, take away your maracas. No, my maracas. Don't take away my maracas. They belong to my grandmother. Her last words before she died were, Manuel, when I die, you can have my maracas. Then what happened? Then I shot her. <laughs> Olé. Olé. We are the Hey, Jose, you agree with me? I don't see what all the fuss is about, Miss Hey, hey, Jose, what happened to your accent? I always speak like this. That's a funny voice. You, you, got a funny you voice, should listen to you yourself. Know? If you want to hear a funny voice, I'll my, tell my, you. My You've got a funny Oh, what's the matter with you? Come on, let's do the song properly. 
One, two, three, four. Okay, okay. What do you want? I'd like to do the beef. I want to play my maracas. All right, all right. I give in. All together now. One, two, three, four. Two four, two four, two four, two four, two four, two four, Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry I read it again presents Incompetence, the story of a family in the industrial north of England. It is the tale of strife and struggles within a proud, defiant family and starts their rise to fortune and power and their ultimate decline. Incompetence is the story of the Arkwright family. It is the year 1850. This is Fosswacket Mill, pride of the Arkwrights. This is Victorian England in its heyday, and this is a cheese sandwich. <laughs> Our tale begins as old Joshua Arkwright, proprietor of Fosswacket Mill, hears grave news. Now, best come quick, Mr. Arkwright. There's trouble down at the mill. <laughs> nay, lad, nay. Aye, Mr. Arkwright, aye. Nay, nay, not trouble down at Foswacket Mill. Aye, trouble, Mr. Arkwright, aye. Nay, nay, lad, nay. I'll not hear of it. Aye, Mr. Arkwright, aye. There's trouble down at the mill. Trouble, Mr. Arkwright, aye. Trouble down at the mill. Trouble, trouble, I tell you. There's trouble down at the mill, I'll tell you. Mr. Arkwright, You're trying to tell me something, aren't you, lad? There's trouble down at the mill. There's trouble, there's trouble. Come on, back up and fly, Master Wilder. Still down. There's trouble at the mill. Nay, there's been outright at Foswacket Mill for nigh on 200 years. This is my place, lad. I cannot leave it now. 50 years I've kept these looms spinning out. Best cotton in England. They were spinning out best wool. Wool, cotton, it's all cloth. Aye. I lad, it were old Reuben Arkwright as first built Foswacket Mill, you know, lad. Built it with his own two hands, he did. Twenty year, it took him twenty long, hard year. And when he was done, he knelt down inside it, and he looked up at what he'd built, and he cried out, Hallelujah! And the old lot fell on him. <laughs> Burning it down, do you say? Yeah. Nay, never, lad. They'd never burn down Foswacket Mill. They burn up the mill. I told you they'd never burn it down. Hey, hey look out of the window. They're all coming up to house. They're after you, Mr. Arkwright. We're done for. Well, stand up to them, lad. Hello, anyone at home? <laughs> Who's that? Uh, it's only us writing workers from the mill. Uh, maybe come in. All right, doors open. Pardon my intrusion, I'm sure. Oh, my, 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 what a lovely abode you have here. Aye, so it's you, Jed Thoroughbudget. I might have known. You were always a troublemaker. Well, what are you after? Oh, you just come to steal your valuables and burn down the house if it's not too much of an inconvenience. No, 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 <laughs> Jed Thoroughbudget. We're reasonable folk. Let's talk it over. I won't you hear, but I'll have to ask the lads. Mutter, 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 mutter. What did they say? Oh, they said mutter, 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 mutter. <laughs> anyway, who are all these men? Oh, they're all the lads from the mill. I'll do, Mr. Arkwright. I'll do, Mr. Arkwright. I'll do, Mr. Arkwright. I'll do. I'll do. I'll do. 
And so, without further ado, they got down. <laughs> they got down to business. You see, Mr. Arkwright, we're, we're worried about all those machines you're bringing in. They could put us out of work and we're poor folk. Aye, but that's progress, lad. <laughs> Why? Why, those machines can do anything a man can do, and better. Aye, but what about our wives? Well, the machines have the limitations. <laughs> and so they argue. At last, the men agreed to go back to work if their weekly wage was increased to two slices of dried bread and a piece of cake. What sort of cake? Fruit cake. Ah, raising celery. <laughs> Soon, Fosswacket Mill was back to normal. But there was a very hard winter to come. The children had no shoes and even the sheep went bare. <laughs> Sheepishly. All around, there was nothing but snow, snow, thick, thick snow. But at last, Dame Nature grew weary of her wintry spell, and casting aside the white mantle of her snows, she blessed the fair and waiting earth with the eager breath of springtide, and once again, the hills and vales were alive with colour. I wish I were a daffodil. Ah, daffy me down, Dilly. I'd turn my face towards the sun. And they would call me Willie. <laughs> yes, if I wear a daffodil. Ah, daffy me down, Dilly. I'd wear a pair of purple socks. Now, wouldn't that be silly? <laughs> yes. Yes. Springtime, the time when a young man's fancy turns to thoughts of love. And speaking as a young man's fancy, I should know. But let us return. Let us return. Let us return. Once again, we return to the Arkwrights, and in particular to young Enoch Arkwright, son of old Joshua. One spring morning, Enoch was riding out on business, his horse, when he spied by the wayside a lovely young lass. Whoa there, business. Good day to you, lass. Good day, Master. Who are you? I'm young Enoch Arkwright. Oh, I'm Martha Scubber Thatchett. My father's a weaver at Fosswacket Mill. He works at the loom beside the winter. Oh, a loom with a view. You're right. Hey, old lass. What's the care to come for a ride on my horse, old bismuth? You mean business. I certainly do. Mean <laughs> name, Master. And so they sat by the roadside, chatting away while the light lasted. Then they went on to Brownell. Eventually, eventually he proposed to her, although he knew that he was the well-dressed son of a mill owner, whereas she was a girl of humble birth in a cheap dress, and he could see that it was not fitting. Well, it's only a cheap dress. And so they were married, and young Enoch decided to tell his father about the wedding. Oh, well, here goes. Ah, that sounds like Enoch. Father, I've something to tell you. I'm wed. Well, dry yourself out at five. <laughs> no, no, no. I I'm married. Married? Who to? Don't tell me you've gone and married all the Amos Hardcastle's youngest. No, just as well. He's a fella. <laughs> hey, hey, father. I've married Martha Scuppertatchit. Martha Scuppertatchit. Hey, nay, lad. What have you done? Well, nothing yet. Sithy, <laughs> lad. That's brought this... <laughs> Sithy lad, that's brought disgrace to the name of Arkwright. I never want to see your face again. I'm going to cut you off. But I've just got married. Oh, go, go now. Goodbye, Enoch. Adieu, father. Adieu, adieu. And so without further ado, Enoch left. And he and Martha set out together in search of a new life. <laughs> 
Time passes. So what else is new? One bright morning, Martha has some news for Enoch. Enoch, I'm going to have a baby. Well, I never did. You did, you know. <laughs> and so... And so one dark and windy night... Oh, Master, have you not heard news? <laughs> Your father, he passed over at ten o'clock this morning. And so Enoch Arkwright became the new master of Foswacket Mill, the scene of so much trouble in the past. And with the passing of the seasons, a new piece came to the mill. Her name was Esmeralda Bonpasson. <laughs> Those were happy days for Enoch, but little did he know that his future was soon to be overshadowed by the dark, brooding figure of Jed Thoroughbudget. Hello, it's me again. One dark and stormy evening, when Enoch was working late at the mill, Martha heard a rapping at the door. She opened it, and inside the wrapping she found... Jed, for a budget! She's all right. Oh, Martha, be mine tonight. Oh, very well. At these words, Jed flung himself at her feet. Oh, what blissful rapture. Shouldn't that be rapture? No. <laughs> Enoch spent more and more of his time in the local pub, seeking solace in the bottle. A bottle of tomato solace, please. He searched. <laughs> he searched high and low for Jed and Martha. Excuse me, landlord. Have you seen a young man and woman pass this way? Oh, a very handsome pair. In fact, here's a young lady now. Enoch! Martha. But where's that Jed Thoroughbudget? Gone, Enoch. Gone and forgotten. He didn't really love me. And when I found out it wasn't the real thing, I broke it off. <laughs> and so they returned to the home of the Arkwrights. Business was in a bad way, and even the quality of the cloth had deteriorated. Yes, things were going from bad to worsted. <laughs> hey, if only that son of mine was back from London, he could lend on. I am back. Hello, Daddy. It can't be. Young Jonathan, back from London. Yes, long time no see, Peter. What? Hey, lad, now you're here, you can help me run to mill. No, Daddy, I've got a job in London. What? Yes, Luke, he's a photograph of me in my new job. What's this? Picture of you wearing nothing but a stamped address envelope. Yes, Daddy, I'm a male model. Oh. Hey, how could you stoop so low? <laughs> well, if you were wearing a stamp address. <laughs> nay, but lad, you need it. Yeah. No thanks, Daddy, nothing. Well, if you won't come back, you won't. But this'll mean the end of Foswacket Mill. Oh, Daddy. I can't carry on, son. And the only thing that could save us now would be some enormous freak of nature. Did somebody call me? <laughs> Who are you? Uh, I am Lady Constance the Coverlet. I don't think I've made your acquaintance. It all depends which acquaintance you mean. However, I was passing this way. Uh, and I heard you were having a little trouble. It's not for sale. Oh, come, I'll give you two million pounds for it. Two million for that old mill? Who said anything about a mill? <laughs> You mean you're giving away the money for fun? For fun, I'd give away anything. <laughs> but let's get back to the mill. Very well, and then let's get back to my place. Look, I'm prepared to sell Foswacket Mill if the price is right. Splendid. I have brought with me my lawyer. Mr. Miles Pedler, would you explain the terms of the pot, Joth? Certainly, my lady. Quite simply, the party of the first part here in afternoon is the party of the second part. Yield up to said Foswick and Mill, here and after, referred to as the said property, however, not then retaining the rights of Champerty, Abasins, and Titheridge. Moreover, that the aforesaid parties in agreement shall severally bind themselves with oaths and rumpage. And now, here is a late football result. Arsenal 2. <laughs> Arsenal 2, Sheffield, Wednesday. And now... <laughs> now I'll hand you back to the script. Well, Mr. Arkwright, 
What? After all that, do you say? Done. You certainly have been. And so much to everyone's surprise ends the story of the Arkwrights and Foswacket <laughs> Mill. Lady Constance bought Foswacket Mill and several other mills around those parts and used them as kennels for the 500 dogs she brought over from Germany. Wait a minute. She bought the mills and filled them with dogs she brought from Germany? You don't mean... Yes. <laughs> In that edition of I'm Sorry I'd Read It Again, which was written by Graham Garden, Bill Oddie, and Simon Brett, the parts were played as follows. I'm. Yes, I'm sure you are, by Tim Brooke Taylor. Sorry! By John Cleese. I'll. By Graham Garden. Read by me, David Hatch. That. By Joe Kendall. Also. I mean, again. And again, by Bill Oddie. The musical arrangements were by. Liam Cohen. And the music was provided by. Dave Lee. And the whole ghastly business was the responsibility of Messrs. Hatch and Titheridge. Messrs. is right. <laughs> I'll ignore that and call to the microphone John Otto Cleese. Oh, no, it's I'm sorry. I'll read that again, Mother. Next week, I think. Oh, me motorbike. <laughs> <laughs>